Hello and welcome to the Praise Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com. It seems like, I feel a little embarrassed because sometimes I think you probably think that I'd be, I'm a little repetitious, but whenever Sal asks me to speak, I have a tendency to just focus on illustrations that are local here. So that's good because you can know what I'm talking about, at least it'll make sense. And one of the things, I don't know if you've done it so far this spring, is uh, Corey and I love to go up into Tumwater Canyon and or up to Rocky Reach or Rock Island Dam this time of the year with all the snow runoff and to see the power of the, of the water that flows over the spillway and the roar and the rushing and stuff. So, so just to give you a flavor of that, if you haven't done that already, Corey and I, each year we go up and get, again, like I say, it gets a little repetitious, but we're just so amazed by this that we take pictures all the time. So I have to show you some pictures. not baby pictures, but I have to show you a, a little bit of pictures here as we start off uh, this uh, message the message today is, is called Design to Overflow. And I think that this starts out, the pictures of the, uh, the spillway up in Tumwater and the rock. And this was just taken a couple of three weeks ago. So if you have not gone to these places, you can just see the power, the foam, the roar of the water that comes through, these, uh, through both of these places. But you know what? As I'm thinking about it, I'm saying, wow, you know... One thing is the power of the water, that moving water going through both of these places. But the second part is, I wonder, and Lawrence will figure this out because he's an engineer, but you think, about, okay, how did they engineer this dam up here to not allow the water to overflow, but to actually release that water through the dam and know exactly when to let it out, to know how much to let it out, and then as it flows through down to the lower areas. It keeps people safe. Obviously, we wouldn't want that dam to not be there if you happen to be going down the trail, all right? Also, it provides irrigation to farms and orchards downstream. And then it provides electricity to millions of households. So when you think about what that water does and how that tool that man has created, it's the same thing that God has designed for us. God has designed us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to overflow. So over the last, oh boy, it's been probably, not weeks, probably been months, that I've asked God to show me, how can I not just be a holding tank for Him? How can I overflow to others? And it's actually got to the point where it's kind of irritated and frustrated me because I keep looking for ways and how am I going to do this and how can I share more with people? What actually makes sense? What's in my personality? What's God speaking to me? And everything I thought about is, okay, I'm going to get into God's Word and I'm going to pray more and I'm going to do all these things. And everything I thought about was, it all ended up focusing on me. It all, it all related to what, what can I do for myself? And I believe the Holy Spirit has actually showed me as I prepared for this message that He's designed me for so much more. That He wants me to be so full of Him that I overflow into the lives of others. That I have so much potential made in me because of who He is. I have the power and authority because of His death and resurrection. I have His promises that have made me victorious. I have the good news, and I have a living testimony of a transformed life. I have the Holy Spirit living in me 24-7 as an advocate and a counselor. And He's there in all circumstances. So with all that going for me, 
why would I be so selfish not to share it with others? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you brought us together today to hear your word, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit is in our midst, and we believe, I believe, Lord God, that as our eyes are open and our ears are open, Lord God, that you're going to speak to each person individually, and the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, will do great and mighty things that transform lives, Lord God, will be a result of what your word means to each and every person here. So I pray, Lord God, that you speak through me and give me the opportunity, Lord God, to share my heart so that, Lord, the love of Jesus will come through in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so as I prayed and, and, sh- uh, and was uh, getting ready for sharing with you about the idea of over- being overflowing vessels, I was drawn to a familiar verse that may seem a little odd, uh, but I believe the Holy Spirit has a reason for us going to this scripture today. So I'm going to base everything. I know this is going to be hard. How, how do you get uh, the next 20, 25 minutes or so out of just a few words? But we're going to look at John 10.10 today. And when I was preparing and studying for this, I looked at different versions, different translations, and I got so, uh, the nuances of the different translations were so cool that you're actually going to get three of them that I actually uh, uh, pulled out today. So if you'd show those up on the screen there, uh, Ryan. Okay, so I'm going to read through them, all right, so you can follow along. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And on the next two, the first part's the same. So I'm going to read the bold parts of the next two. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they've ever dreamed of. And then the last one in bold print, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So over the years, as I've read this scripture, I've tended to focus on the first half of the scripture about the enemy coming to kill steal and destroy especially when i'm things aren't going so well in my life and the devil is real don't get me wrong he does come to kill steal and destroy but if you're like me i probably give the devil a little too much credit when actually a lot of the things that happen in my life are the circumstances of some of the choices i've made in my own life i have a tendency to get in a defensive mindset thinking that that I can, what can I do to the devil in my weakness? You know, I have my own little pity party, (laughs) and I tell myself that it's way too hard, and I know Jesus will protect me, but I, I feel like that I'm on the sidelines. I'm the one watching him doing all the fighting. Or I think of myself as being that little child that's standing behind their parent as a stranger comes to the front door. And I think God has more for me than that. I don't want to feel like I'm just surviving. I want to, today, I want to focus on the second half of the scripture. I'm not going to focus on the enemy. And why I believe Jesus has not just designed us to survive, to be able to have a comfortable life, but he's designed us to overflow into the lives of others to overflow with joy and hope and the ability to transform and change their lives as well you know i think all of us would agree that we were designed by god that he created in us in his image that he breathed life into us when he made creation the scripture says that he knew us while we were still in our mother's womb and that he counted the hairs on our head And then we all know that God is an intimate God as you can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit like we had during worship just now. And that he doesn't make junk. 
that he's created each and every one of us with a purpose and a calling. So I'm going to go back to a couple of those translations. I want to focus on just a piece of the bold portion there. And I want to expand on the pieces that are bolded in, the next, in that slide. This is the one with the two, so next slide up there, Ryan. When I've read this in the past, I've always looked at this being a focus or Jesus referring to what happens in my life from the time I wake up in the morning to the time I go to bed at night. He just wants me to have a more comfortable life. He wants me to have a life that's full of joy and hope and all of these things. And you know what? The Holy Spirit told me that it's more than that. He wants us to be victorious in contrast to what the enemy says he's going to do to us in the first place part of the scripture but when I was praying and reading about this you know the gift of being born and enjoying the short time that we have here on earth is not everything that he wants let's look at the next slide which is John fourteen six, and I bolded a couple of words here but I'm going to read the whole thing Jesus answered I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me just read the bold part I am the life. Jesus is our life. In other words, he's saying, I have come to let you have me. Fill yourself up with me. Not just the comforts of life, but fill yourself up with me. He came so that he can be in everything that we do. Not just the church activities. Not just our time in prayer. Not just our devotions. But he wants to, us to include him in every activity, every decision, and every relationship. He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within us so there's no separation between Him and how we live our lives. It's not only about our life here on earth, but in the message translation, it expands further to clarify that He came so we can have a real and eternal life. And in John 10.28, the next slide, it says, I gave them eternal life and they shall never perish. So there's so much more than just being comfortable. There's so much more than just what we experience here on earth with our relationship with Jesus. Wow, what an opportunity for us. You know what? I think, I think we sell ourselves short. We allow the enemy, we allow the world, we allow the flesh to keep us from fulfilling what God's design is in us. And that is to overflow. He's given enough of him to us so that we can overflow to anyone. So why should we struggle to overflow to others, especially when God's resources are limitless? God will open new opportunities to overflow. Think about a river when it overflows, its banks, that it moves and can change the direction. Sometimes it's temporary, sometimes it's transformational. That river never goes back to the way it was before. The same thing is true for us as we overflow into other people's lives. It may be temporary, but you don't know when it's going to be transformational. You don't know when you're going to change the direction of that person's life. You don't know when you overflowing is going to make a difference in what Jesus does in that person's life. How can we overflow if we don't fill ourselves first with the Holy Spirit? My question to myself was, have we become too distracted? Have we allowed fear to limit us? And have we rearranged our priorities 
to allow other things to replace the life that he has so generously given to us. So no doubt, we're a busy culture that seems to be overwhelmed by too much and not enough time. You know, every one of us, when someone asks the question, so what have you been doing? If I walk up to a person, especially I, even with my, my 80-something-year-old parents, which they got a lot of time on their hands in general, you would think. There's not a lot of responsibilities they have. So how's things been going? What are you doing? Well, I've just been too busy. So I don't know about you. It's not just them. All of us, you know, they, if they're busy, then I guarantee you everyone in this room is busy. And that's the way we respond. And I think sometimes too often we default to that answer because we are busy. We say that we're just too busy. You ever heard the saying that if you need to get something done, ask a busy person? It's true. It's really true. Why is it that some people get so much done? I believe because those people are able to address this issue of not being busy and considering themselves to be busy so they don't get the important things done in life. So you find yourself like me sometimes, that at the end of the day, you don't even know what you accomplished, but you're exhausted? <laughs> you know, I've been, I've, been one of, I've been one of those people who I've kept a to-do list for as long as I can remember. How many of you at some point had a Franklin planner? Okay, yeah, yeah, you had, or you had at least a little notepad or something that you kept all the things you wanted to do. And then it graduated to what they called a PDA and you had the little stick that you pointed. And then, you, then I went to, uh, is that what they call it? Yeah, Palm Pilot, yeah, yeah, all of that. And, and uh, so now what do we use? Our phones. Amazing what you can do with your phones to keep a to-do list. But what it does for me personally, and I'm not saying do this, I'm just giving an example. What it does is throughout the day I can check my to-do list and I know am I accomplishing what's important? Have I got the things done? Or have I subjected myself to what's urgent and what's spontaneous? Those are the things that consume our life. Don't get me wrong, I have distracted days. <laughs> but you know what? At the end of the day, if you can look back and you've accomplished some of the important things in life, not only do you feel like you're accomplished, like checking it off, the power of the check mark, <laughs> but you also get energized because you know you accomplished something during that day. And so you're not the one that's exhausted at the end of the day. You may be exhausted, but you feel good about it. The best illustration that I can give just briefly here from the Bible is when Jesus visited the home of Martha and Mary. What was Mary doing? I mean, Martha. Martha was busy with the preparations. Jesus comes to the house. We've got to get all this done. We've got to take care of all these things. And what does Mary do? She sits at his feet quietly and intently listens to Jesus. She knew what was important at that moment when the Lord and Savior was in their house. Another example I believe that consumes us is that we become distracted by all the choices we have. Have you been into a grocery store lately and tried to choose a barbecue sauce? Well, I know we can just go buy Randy's. I know we can just go buy Randy's. That's what makes it so easy. See, now I just gave you the answer. You don't even have to go anywhere else. Okay? 
But you go in there, there's like rows and rows of different barbecue sauce. What about breakfast cereals? They have an entire aisle on choosing breakfast cereals. Have you tried to pick a color of paint lately? It's amazing. How can you have that many colors when many of them look the same? You know what? I think sometimes we have so many choices in our life and we become overwhelmed by them that we're paralyzed. That we just don't simplify our lives to the things that are the most important. And I think you don't have to go too far. I had to throw this illustration in there because it's one of the things that just... I won't say irritates me, the of it as well. But if you, you're in the grocery store, you're in the checkout line, and you're just dying to overflow to somebody, and what is everybody else doing in the checkout line? They're looking at their cell phone. Now, if you didn't see them because you were looking at your cell phone, now that might be a problem. But just think of the opportunity that you have to overflow to someone in a casual conversation while you're waiting for something else to happen. That's not an extra thing in your life. That's just a daily part of who you are. And God has designed you to overflow into those around you. I want to shift a little bit to fear. Because fear oftentimes also paralyzes us. The fear of the unknown. Unfortunately, I've known people who have not gone to the doctor because they're afraid of what they might learn. No reason, they don't have any symptoms, they don't have anything else to understand, you know, reasons why, but they don't go to the doctor because they don't want to know what they don't know. Unfortunately, I've known friends and such that have later in life had serious complications and or death because they did not go to the doctor just because of the fear of the unknown. Jesus doesn't want you to be paralyzed by the fear of the unknown. God calls us to have faith, even though you can't see it. Trust, experience, and the evidence around you tells you what you need to know to take the next step. So when I go out here in the Columbia River, where there's a lot of rocks and a lot of other things to hit out there, because I've been out there and have experienced where the shallow places are, where the rocks are and such, that I don't fear going out and running my boat in the Columbia River because I trust my ability and my experiences and the evidence that is already shown. God wants us to do the same thing. Trust and experience and look at the evidence that God has put into your life to overcome the fear of the unknown. There's also the fear of failure. Wow. What if married couples decided that they couldn't be parents because they had a fear of failing on raising their kids? There would be a lot less children in the world. The journey of failing and learning is what makes us stronger and closer to the potential that God has designed us. He's designed us to overflow with the Holy Spirit. We have God-given gifts and talents. We see athletes and pastors and chefs and teachers, business people and parents that use and develop these gifts that God has given them. But you know what? Some people, 
some people in those categories and beyond, they develop their gifts to the point where they're overflowing in others and other people go to them and say, I want to be a teacher like you. I want to be an athlete like you. I want to be a pastor like you. I want to be a parent like you. That's when you know you're overflowing with the Holy Spirit. You know, we identify with uh, great moments in sports history. And sometimes it's by the magnitude of that success. It's the last shot, it's the touchdown, it's the home run, whatever it might be. But if we only knew the number of failures that it took to get to that one moment in history. The same is true for each and every one of us. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to dwell with each one of us so that we can pursue, per, I'm sorry, we can per, persevere through the failures in order to reach that point of overflowing to others. So are you willing to persevere? Each of us has a hidden treasure in us and he has the map. Just go to him and get the directions. Then there's the fear of man. And this one's far too common. In fact, it's actually plagued me for as long as I can remember. When I was just a young child, I can, as long as I started school, I was one of those kids that sat in the back of the room, and if the teacher ever asked a question and people were raising, I never raised my hand. In fact, I look, you know, this is one of those ones you look the other direction, you know, and act like nobody sees you or you dropped your pencil or something like that. You avoid it. Why? Because you're a fe- you're, there's a fear, at least in me, there was a fear of making a fool of myself. What if I didn't know the answer? What if I did know the answer that I thought it was, and it was the stupidest answer you could have ever come up with? And you'd be laughed at by your peers and your classmates. Then it came down to, I don't want to be a fool, so I don't even want to try. You ever find yourself in that situation because of a fear of man? The life he gives you is without fear. He wants us to fulfill our design to overflow, and we can't do that by allowing fear to have power over us. Fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit, and there's no room for fear. If you're dealing with any one of the fears that I just mentioned, God has some promises for you, and I'm just going to put a, a couple of them. The first one, we'll see it up there, is from Psalms. The psalmist says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And then in Isaiah, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. That's what we have when we fill ourselves up with the Holy Spirit to overflowing. No fear in our lives. God also wants to keep, us at the t- keep him at the top of the priority list. As I've been preparing, as Pastor Sal mentioned, for uh, facilitating the men in a study on this book called Killing, Killing Kryptonite uh, by an author by the name of John Devere, uh, he says that the fictional Superman that we know is just like Christians in that they're neutralized 
by some form of kryptonite. So the question in the class that we're going to ask and address is, what is our kryptonite? How do we recognize it? How does it affect us individually and collectively? And answering those questions will help us experience more of God's presence and power in our lives to the point that I'm praying we will all overflow the way he's designed us. His key message in the book is that Christians and the church body have moved Jesus down our priority list over time. Our relationship with God is our life, literally. There is no life outside of God. The world we live in is motivated by self-desire. The devil cannot make anyone do anything, a believer do anything. All the devil can do is entice you. You cannot be enticed by something you don't desire. And so like Jesus, our passion should be to fulfill the desires of the Father. To use the terminology I've been using today, we're no longer overflowing with the Holy Spirit to impact others when we move Jesus down the priority list. We may either be partially full, we're working our way there, or we may just be focused on good things and developing our relationship with Jesus, but I believe God has designed us to go beyond that and to overflow into other people's lives. God wants us to grow closer to our potential until we actually overflow to others. He's our coach, encouraging us daily to make Him our life. I learned a long time ago that developing a habit to do just a little bit each day goes a long way. Whether it's investing in your relationship, in your marriage, whether it's your career, relationships, in friends, finances, or even your hobbies. And the same goes for the Holy Spirit overflowing in your life. If you prayed for 15 minutes a day, if you read the Word for 15 minutes a day, if you spent uh, time listening to the Holy Spirit speaking to you just in quiet time for 15 minutes a day, and then you spent 15 minutes in your daily activities just investing some time in someone else around you, in others, whether it's friends or family, you will have invested 365 hours in a year. That 365 hours in a year is six weeks, work weeks, of eight hours a day. Can you imagine if you invested six eight-hour work week, 40-hour work weeks, into overflowing into other people's lives with the fruits of your life and the way you would be using what God has designed you to use and the difference it would make? My challenge is not that you add things to your busy schedule, but to make these things part of your daily activities. 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, I can guarantee you, you spend 15 minutes doing something you don't even remember. Put this on your to-do list and look at it throughout the day. We can't afford not to do it. Remember, he came, came to give us life, and that was him. But not just life, eternal life. 
So I'm going to go back to our original uh, translations and just spend a few minutes just on the, uh, the last portion. I know there's just a few words here, and I'm talking a lot about just a few words. The second part of that first scripture says, and have it to the full. And the next bold part says, more and better life than ever dreamed of. That's what I want. I want a more and better life than ever dreamed of. And then the last one, to have it abundantly. So we've established that Jesus is the life that we're given. But he goes on to describe, he's not just giving us enough to be comfortable from the time we wake up in the morning till the time that we go back go to bed at night. He uses a word called perisuyo, which means abundance, to be abundantly furnished with, to have a surplus or exceed a fixed number or measure, to have leftovers. This doesn't sound like just everyday activities to me. <laughs> this sounds like he has more than just getting by. He does want us to be comfortable and victorious, but what he really wants is for each of us to overflow our spiritual life so that others can be changed. See, I don't know what abundance looks like to you, but maybe you can relate to the pictures that are up here uh, on the screen. Okay, so this will be appropriate for the Damaris, although I did not get a family picture here. So, so some people look at as abundance as having lots of kids. All right? That may be what excites you, and that's what you're passionate about, and that's okay. Maybe you see to the right there, food is your passion, all right? So you want to see an abundance of food. So you, could, you would love to go to this kind of a dinner table, going over to your friend's house. And then down here in the left-hand corner, some of you believe that uh, all this money in abundance is going to change things as well. And I'll say right now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Look what you could do for the kingdom. Look what you do for the kingdom if you acquired that kind of wealth. It's not what the money is. It's what you do with the money. And then some of you are pet lovers, so I didn't want to miss out on those. Okay? So you have all these cute little puppies. And one is not enough, so you have to get one of each. Okay? So you've got everything from a German shepherd to a whatever that is in the lower left-hand corner. <laughs> okay? All right. All those little... <laughs> That's Lily. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you like me when there's times you can't wait to show or tell somebody something that you've accomplished or an announcement, such as a birth announcement? Or a child's accomplishment at school? No, I think about it. There's been times when there's something I just got to tell. I gotta, it's so exciting. I just got to tell somebody. And I've been known to tell complete strangers something just so I can get it out. And don't tell me I'm the only one. But that's what I think the word picture is when Jesus is talking about an abundant life. Whatever it is that makes you happy, passionate, excited, that you can't hold it in because you have to overflow it to somebody, that's what he wants you to do. That's what he designed you to do. I'm going to wrap it up here in a couple of minutes, so if the worship team would like to come up. Okay. 
I, now, now I'm going to get personal, okay? So I realize some of you aren't going to be able to relate to this example, but hope, hopefully some of you will understand. I'm a sucker for the underdog or someone who's gone through tremendous hardships but still turns out victorious. And over the past few years, I'm sure if you've watched television, if you watch the Olympics or if you watch some of these talent competitions, they now go into the background of the competitors. And they go into how they grew up and what kind of a household they were in and what, what challenges they faced before they got to this point in their lives. And as a result of that, you see how these people have persevered through hardship. And they've pursued the passion of the gift that God has given them to overcome whatever circumstances they face in order to succeed. And in those moments, I've been known to shed a manly tear or two. All right, I confess, it can get real embarrassing at times. But you know what? I can personally connect when, they, when you know something about the people. When you know what they've gone through. You know the challenges they've faced. You know what's take, what they've had to persevere in order to get to that point. And it, to me, it's kind of the same feeling when sometimes, not every day, I wish, every, every Sunday I wish it was, there's times even at home, that when I'm singing along and worshiping the Lord, that same tear comes to my eye. You become overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit to the point that you can't hold it in. And I believe that God may use my emotions to reveal and remind me of what He wants me to do. To overflow. I don't know what it takes to make you not be able to contain it inside of you. But I know that God has designed all of us to live life abundantly. The Bible has numerous examples of Jesus providing more than we can contain. There's the feeding of the 5,000 with the five loaves and the two fish and having 12 baskets full left over. There's the night that the disciples were fishing and caught nothing, but Jesus calls from the shore and says, cast your nets on the other side. And they have so many fish in their net, they have to tow it to the shore. They can't even lift it into their boat. And then there's the day of Pentecost. Where the disciples were so filled with the Holy Spirit that the people around them were in amazement because they overflowed into the people in the streets. I just want to conclude with one more scripture. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, whoever believes in me, said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom they, those who believed were later to receive. We're not filled with the Holy Spirit for ourselves, but for the benefit of others. We're here to be His hands and feet. We're here to change the world. Each one of us has been given gifts by God. God will use you and your gifts in a moment to help others. He came to give you life, not just to have a comfortable time here on earth, but eternal life and to include Him in everything that you do.
He didn't design you to be half full or just focused on your relationship with Him. But He designed you to overflow and make a difference in other people's lives. You know what? We're going to fill our lives with something. Fill your life with the Holy Spirit so that all of us are a reflection of who Jesus is. And don't stop until you can't contain it any longer. At that point, you can't help but overflow the love of Jesus into others' lives. Amen. Thank you for listening to Praise Center Sermon of the Week. Don't forget, for more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com.